Welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. Enduro Method is an online strength and conditioning program built for those who ride by those who ride. We are professional coaches dedicated to building the best and most revolutionary off the bike training for dirt bikers around. We are offering a special discount for our podcast listeners. Use discount code EMPODCAST22 for 50% off your first month. For more information, head to the description of this podcast where you can find the discount code and a link for more information and to sign up. Welcome to the Enduro Method Podcast. I'll be your host today, Josh, going solo. And today we're going to cover eight ways to lean out without counting calories. Now, before we get into the eight different ways we're going to kind of outline and talk about today, I do want to say that I, I do believe that counting calories can be very important. Um, I've done it multiple times. Well, yeah, a bunch of times over the years, different periods. And it is important because not only it just helps bring awareness to food, but it helps you figure out, you know, the macros, protein, fats, and carbs, uh, the different amounts, maybe what style works best for you, whether that's eating more carbs and less fat, or maybe a little higher fat, less carbs, any of those different scenarios. Um, so doing that at some point can be very beneficial. And I think spending the time to learn and do that is very worthwhile. Now, that being said, I don't personally believe that counting calories forever is sustainable. Uh, it's time consuming. It makes enjoying food with friends or even by yourself sometimes not great. Uh, it's very cumbersome. You need to weigh and measure everything. If you're not eating out of packages um, and even then you still potentially need to weigh your food so it takes a little bit more time if you're making uh, even like a crock pot or casserole style dish it can become challenging to and time consuming again just to add up all the ingredients do the math figure out the macros put it serving sizes and containers all that stuff so even though it's a foolproof way to know exactly how much you're eating and be very consistent, I think once you get a handle on portion sizes and what you eat, you can wean yourself off of counting and still continue to lean out or maintain um, a new body weight or something therein. Because at the end of the day, it's, it should be a non-issue that it's... It's energy in versus energy out, whether you're gaining weight, maintaining weight, or losing weight. And so if you would like to lose weight, you need to be in an energy deficit. All food is, is energy. And if you would like to gain weight, then you need to be in an energy surplus. And if you want to maintain, that needs to balance out over time. Um, so counting calories, again, can be very important and useful, but it is also cumbersome. So we're going to discuss eight ways to help lean out um, without having to do the calorie counting, whether you know how to do it or whether you don't. Implementing these strategies can potentially be really useful in that journey. So we'll get right into it. Number one, eat protein first. So what we mean is Every meal that you eat throughout the day should be centered around protein. 
And you could even take that a step further and say you must consume your protein at each meal before eating the rest of your food. Now, the reason, part of the reason for this is protein is very satiating, right? So it helps curb hunger. It blunts appetite. And so by incorporating protein into every meal, you'll also be fuller longer between meals. And this will help control how much food you consume. Also, it's very important to get adequate protein in, in, in daily just to help maintain and build lean muscle mass. So if you're skipping, if you're eating meals that have very low protein content or almost no protein content, you're going to be eating a lot of excess food. And then by the end of the day, you're not getting in your protein requirement, which is going to be detrimental. So by making sure to center each meal around protein, it'll not only help you cut calories per day, um, just because it's it's you're not you don't want to eat as much, um, but then you're also making sure to get adequate daily protein in, which is going to help again build lean muscle mass, keep everything functioning, um, help recovery if you're training, all those things. So I know personally when I've done this it immediately cuts out a lot of crap that I might add in daily. If I just make sure that I don't, and this also would be no snacking in between meals, right? So if protein's first, I don't eat unless I have a protein source to go along with it. And just from that alone, it will help you um, not be kind of grazing throughout the day. All right. Number two, avoid heavily processed foods. What do we mean by that? Basically anything that comes in a box or a wrapper, right? Um, this would be the center of the grocery store. So if you did all your shopping on the edges of the grocery store, you're basically going to avoid a lot of the heavily processed foods. Not all, but most. So comes in a box, comes in a wrapper. Um, so if we can avoid these things, this would be crackers, chips, um, I don't know, candy bars, energy bars, all that stuff. It's engineered to, to be tasty, right? So it's going to have sugars, be very salty. It's not going to be very fulfilling. Um, you could look at one example would just be apples and apple juice, right? One's a whole food. One is, has a whole bunch of whole food that's been squeezed and then stuff added to it to make you want more of it. I don't know how many apples would be in a one, you know, bottle, like 20 ounce bottle of apple juice, but I'd imagine it's, I don't know, gotta be four or five at least minimum, maybe more. So the likelihood that you would eat four or five apples in one sitting is not high but you could easily drink that 20 ounce apple juice and it's also loaded up with all the other good stuffs taken out of it the fiber and everything else and now it's just compressed squeeze had additives added to it um and so you can imagine you're not only consuming a whole bunch more sugars during this but you're also getting um you're not even getting the fulfillment of you know eating and chewing and the time it would take to eat those apples. Another example would be a bag of potato chips. I think there's five or six plain potatoes in one bag 
regular sized bag of potato chips. Same example. You can easily sit on a couch or whatever, hammer a whole bag of potato chips in one sitting, still kind of be hungry, um, ingest all kinds of extra fats and additives. But imagine trying to eat five or six plain baked potatoes. It'd actually be really hard to do. So avoiding heavily processed foods. If you do that, it does a couple things. You'll immediately eat less calories just because whole foods tend to be less. Or you'd have to eat a whole bunch of volume from the whole foods to get there. Um, And your selection of what you can eat gets cut down dramatically. So if you avoided heavily processed foods, the selection of foods that you could eat from would be less and they're healthier, you're immediately going to be cutting calories out. All right, number three, think of adding healthy foods in instead of taking foods away. So this would just be a little bit more like a plentiful mindset instead of a scarcity mindset. So depending a little bit probably on how you're wired, um, this might be good, right? If you have a, a inclination to not like things being taken away from you or banned or off limits, instead of framing it that way, you just reframe it to think of, I'm going to add, I'm going to make sure to eat, you know, one new fruit and two new vegetables a day. Right? Something that simple. Again, it does a couple things. Now, all of a sudden, if you're making that effort to eat those healthy foods, you're going to be less hungry, which is going to help you just not eat the other things. And you're not even saying you can't eat them. You're just saying, I have to eat these good foods first or during the day, which is then automatically down the line going to help you kick out some of the bad stuff. So good examples would be lean proteins, Again, greens, anything green, whole foods in general, um, fruits, whatever. But think of adding them in instead of putting things in a I cannot eat or bad list. All right, number four, drink half your body weight in ounces of water daily. I think we all hear it all the time. Drink more water, drink more water. Um, But until you, I don't know, this one, I'm good on this some days and bad on it other days. And I do know that when I don't drink water during the day, it absolutely affects, well, not only training, but my appetite. Um, So when I do drink, you know, I need like 110, roughly 105 ounces of water a day. When I get that in, not only do I feel better throughout the day, my energy levels are more stable, but I'm also less hungry in between. If I do not get much water in throughout the day, uh, I find myself bonking a little bit more in the afternoon, just having like a tired spell. Uh, if I win training, it's I just don't feel as good. And then I definitely tend to feel like I crave worse food. So that's kind of an interesting one. But I think having... Um, having a way to track it. I've personally tried to like write down every time I have water, but then I'm like, am I going to really measure my water out? No. So then I'm guessing on a bottle or on a glass size be like, okay, I remember I drank, you know, eight ounces here, six there, 12 there. Um, it doesn't work. So what I'm personally going to try and do 
is just get a jug that's like right around 100 to 110 ounces that I can just carry around with me all day. And I hate carrying around water bottles, but I'm thinking this might be a solution because if I do a Nalgene bottle like 32 ounces, I forget how many times I fill it up. And then sometimes I don't drink out of it. So I need like one thing. And again, it's just for me personally, I just need one thing that I can have with me at all times. And then, um, you know, see how that one goes. But water is definitely one to pay attention to and very important. It does help suppress appetite. Uh, there's many times also that we misconstrue thirst for hunger. And so if we are in a dehydrated state, it could very well just be that we're thirsty and not hungry, but you also kind of end up snacking. So it's one to pay attention to. And then come up with a system to check yourself. Because again, it's one of those that you might be really good for two days and really bad for one day. And so having a way to kind of track that could be a big help. All right, number five, eat without distraction. So don't allow yourself to eat in front of screens. I mean, this has all kinds of other implications, but studies have shown that this alone will help decrease calories by 10 to 15%. So eating, not watching TV, not watching your phone, not on your computer, whatever it may be, but sitting down, being intentional with your food, chewing, having conversations, whatever it is with the people you love or whoever you're with. Um, but eating without distraction is a major one. And so just, again, that alone, even if you don't think it's a issue, um, from a digestion standpoint and from a absorption of nutrient standpoint, it makes a difference. We also tend to eat faster, which has a problem, or it's easier to consume more food when you eat faster. So avoiding distraction, chewing your food, being intentional, enjoying it for what it is. Um, yeah. One more note on that. I did a... What was that? I did really good with like no sugar, like no added sugars, period, for a couple weeks. And I was amazed at how well, how good, like stuff that I kind of took for granted or just ate it because I was supposed to or because it was healthy, how good that food started to taste like broccoli, something as simple as that, or green beans, where you wouldn't associate that with being very savory. But if you do cut out the, the crap, uh, the food that we kind of eat for general wellness can actually become very um, enjoyable. All right, number six. I think personally, this is kind of one of my favorites and it works really well. So this would be create a barrier. It's kind of like bringing awareness to habits because we are such a habit building uh kind of being even without knowing it we just tend to always fall into these routines that have played out or that have worked or that have given us some type of reward so create a barrier between you and the thing you would like to change so that could be something as simple as 
not having ice cream in the house, right? If you know ice cream is an issue and every evening you want ice cream and you have a big old Costco-sized jug in the freezer, uh, likelihood is that it's going to be pretty hard to not go indulge in. So instead of having that container around, just have no ice cream in the house. And if you want ice cream, you got to get in the car and go get it. And that's fine. But the likelihood is over time, you're not going to want to get in your car every night after dinner and drive to the store and get ice cream. And if you still do it every night, I don't know, maybe there's a bigger discussion to be had, but maybe you do it a couple nights instead of every night, right? Again, you're kind of just hoping to set yourself up for success in the long run. And having some type of thing you have to overcome first or make yourself do before you get a reward, I guess, if you want to call it that, or the thing that you want, um, can help you not basically just bring awareness. And then you can decide whether you want to go do it or not. But again, if it's there, it's such an ingrained thing probably at this point. Uh, and it's so easy, right? There's no barrier to entry. There's nothing. You just open the door, boom, ice cream. Um, it's much easier to do. So it could be something like, okay, I, I got this candy bar I want after dinner. Uh, I'm going to make sure to go walk to the mailbox and back first. And maybe the mailbox is a half mile away. So some nights you do it. Some nights you're like, eh, not worth it, right? So again, you're just kind of putting something in the way of what you want. And as long as you stick to it, you'll be able to think about it and decide whether it's worth it to you or not. Number seven, think self-care instead of self-hate. So this definitely, there's no, these aren't necessarily in order. Uh, I I do kind of like the protein first at number one. I think that one's super important. And if you do that, it's going to sort a lot of stuff out. But this one could be up there, and this is a much bigger discussion to be had. But trying to reframe everything as far as... I mean, this almost plays off of um, kind of number three, but it's a little bit different. Like instead of, again, having this takeaway mindset, and I can't have this, and I can't enjoy that, it's like I'm making these choices because it's going to be healthier for me in the long run or any of that negative self-talk that starts to come in, right? Like I'm fat, so I have to eat this or um, I'm rebelling from, you know, whatever this quote-unquote bad habit is or whatever. Instead of those kind of negative portrayals and thoughts it's i'm choosing to do this because i know it's healthier for me or it's better for me or i'm choosing to do this because i want to be able to play with my kids after when i get home from work and right now i'm just too tired and i have to go sit on the couch for an hour to recover from the day or whatever it is or i want to be able to go out and enjoy myself on the weekends right so it's it's just this idea that you're doing these things for a better future instead of I can't do this because someone told me to or because of a negative self-image thing. All right, last one. Number eight. Setting a time that you're done eating for the day. Um, I think this is a really good one because 
most of the things that we tend to eat, or at least personally, if I'm going to eat, I have a time that I quit eating or try and quit eating. Um, my schedule's a little late, runs a little late. And so mine's at 8 p.m. Because sometimes I don't get home till 7. And then, you know, I need an hour or whatever to be able to eat. But if I eat past 8 o'clock, usually the things I want to eat are not great food choices. Right? And this would also go, maybe you're watching TV. But if you have a rule, you know, no, no eating um, with distraction, you're not going to be in front of the TV anyways. And what do you want if you're sitting in front of the TV? I don't know, popcorn, sweets. Like you're not usually having a nice steak and plain rice and broccoli. I mean sometimes, but most likely. If it's after dinner, you've already had that great meal, it's going to be some type of sweet or salty or savory thing. So having a set time, uh, it could be 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. For most people's general schedule, it would probably need to be 8 or earlier. Like saying, okay, I'm not going to eat past 10. Uh, in general, if you're going to bed at like 10.30, that's not a great set time, right? So it needs to be a little bit earlier. Um, and this isn't necessarily like intermittent fasting or anything like that. This would just be having a time in the evening that you're after dinner that you can be consistent with. You're like, all right, no more food, I'm not drinking calories after this time, whatever it is. All right, well, that's it. That's all I got. That's eight ways to help lean out without counting calories. Um, hopefully some of those can be implementable and useful. Thanks for listening. <laughs>